everyone. Welcome to this episode three of Blow the Trumpet, Sound the Alarm. And again, just a reminder that this is a call to prayer and to action. And maybe we'll get to hear some of the stories of what's been happening as we've been sharing some of these episodes. I know that God's been doing a lot in our lives and it's exciting to see what he's doing. And you'll notice that there's a fourth person on screen with us, Pete Atkins, who happens to be my dad. Big welcome to you. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking more around uh, the church and the shape of it in this new era, which is really exciting. And Sarah Jane, we thought we'd start with you, if that's okay. And uh, tell us what the, the trumpet call, the alarms are, particularly in relation to church in, in this time that we believe that Jesus has been speaking to us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Sarah. I think the, the first trumpet call that has had so much agreement on it is that God is changing the shape of church. Now, we know that the Bride of Christ, the church that we are part of and we all love, is never ending, will continue, will always be here. But the shape and the structure and the form of church is changing, that we have moved into a new era, that we have crossed over the threshold, and that we are in a space where the Lord is saying to us as church, change your shape. And so the, the image, actually, that the Lord has been giving is one of the Titanic, the ship that is infamous, um, it had its first and only maiden voyage across the Atlantic and sank in the iceberg waters, um, as we know. And of course, that ship was built as a, as a wonder, the biggest ship ever that would never sink. And there was this uh, constant phrase that, that the Lord has been saying, in our pride, mm -hmm we have thought that the church would exist in its current form and shape forever, like the Titanic and those who built the Titanic, and that we have the man-made structures of church, the hierarchical systems, if you will, the, the, the organizing charts um, that have become the Titanic in the spirit. And the Lord is saying he is breaking that up by his own hand. He is changing its shape. And he is allowing the shape of the church as it stands to be baptized in his waters of the spirit, to baptize us all as the church together at this time to be reshaped and reformed. And one of those, uh, if you will, alarm bells that we've been hearing is like on the Titanic, make to the lifeboats. Mm -hmm make to the small boats, if you will, make to the lifeboats so that you can be saved and not be drowned in the process of God reshaping his church. And so I think whichever way we go, whether we're running to the lifeboats now and we're hearing the call, or whether we go down with the, the ship, the Lord is allowing us to be baptized into a death to bring a resurrection life and a new body shape to the bride of Christ. Yeah. And so these lifeboats are obviously individual, but also together and they can fit many people in yes. them. And there's that sense of these become places of refuge and places of rescue. But one of the things that the Lord has been saying as we've been praying into this is that um, we cannot rescue others if we are not first rescued ourselves. And so it really is a time for us to run to these new 
places that the Lord is calling us to, to become places of refuge. But then here's the, the part that's really essential, that we're not just in lifeboats on our own, but that we work together across the boats. And so the image again that the Lord has reframed and reiterated is the rescue from Dunkirk that we all know very well, where over 300,000 of French and British soldiers were saved from Dunkirk by, um, I think it was about 850 small boats working together because the, the big ships couldn't get into the shallow waters. And where Winston Churchill thought he would only save 20,000, over 300,000 souls were saved because all of those people yeah. worked together to rescue the many. And that is the time that we feel we're in prophetically, that it is the small boat change of shape to rescue the many yeah. more than we could ever have hoped or imagined yes. and get into those shallow waters yeah. to bring the rescue. So those are the, those are the trumpets. And the only kind of overlay of that that's really important that I would like to say, because there are lots of things God is speaking about right now, is it is a by my spirit era. Yeah. And so this isn't done in our own strength. This isn't like we want to change the shape of the church. This is very much we as the church are following yes. the leading of Holy Spirit. And it's a Zachariah 4, not by power, yeah. not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So we have to learn to be those who follow the spirit so that we can be those who follow the wind and the shape of the spirit that he is making in a John 3 way, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, nobody knows which way he's going to go. Yeah. That's the time that we're in, but we have to follow him to keep the shape together and the formation. Sarah, over to you. So good. Thank you so much. And in that, we are acknowledging that there's adventure, that there's sometimes a disorientation, that it can feel like because it's a liminal space as we yeah. said before as we're talking we're on the threshold of something and i have lost count and i know all three of you have too of the amount of people that are saying i feel like i'm in a transition stage yeah it feels a bit messy i'm not quite sure where i'm going yet um i know that god's called me out at this and that or called me to move or called me to move church or called me to start something new or called me out of a new role and it's very much, this is part of him. We talked about this in other episodes, repositioning and positioning us for exactly where he wants us in this important hour, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So it does look, we're all agreed on this screen. It does look a little bit messy sometimes. We are a bit disorientated, but it is absolutely an adventure. And we have to, in that place, we have to rely on him for the new shape that the church is going to take and for us as individuals as well. So... Yeah, Dad, do you, do you want to start by speaking into some of that, please? Sure. So one of the metaphors which I found very helpful over the last few years is the metaphor of rewilding. So when the uh, environmental movement first began in the, in the 60s and Greenpeace began and all those organisations started, the focus then was very much about preserving what we had left of nature, of this forest or that ocean or that species or whatever. It's about not letting those things be threatened any further. But over the last 50 years, there's been a great shift really towards something which is now known as rewilding, which mm -hmm. has some issues with it. But the basic premise is that you is that mankind takes its hand off nature because nature knows what it's doing and it will 
come back where it's been destroyed in a very plentiful, lush, varied, sustainable way, in a way that you can't predict. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a, a mechanism where you trust creation, if you like, to know what it's doing in changing and bringing back variety of life and sustainability. And the metaphor for us in terms of the church is that God is wanting to rewild. He is rewilding his church, but that needs us to trust him with it, to take our hands off it, to not govern it so or control it so tightly, but to stick to the, the key thing, which is really to stay close to Jesus in all this. The, mm -hmm. the heart of what I think we're wanting to say today is we must be led by the Spirit, as SJ just said. So it's really a premium on us as Christians and as church to listen to God, to discern what he's saying, to be led by the Spirit, to stay close to him, because we cannot see where he's taking us to. This uncertainty we feel, the, this mess that we experience, which is classical of rewilding, is yeah. all what he's doing to shift us onto something new. Yeah. Sorry, we saying something there. No, I'm just agreeing with you, saying yes, absolutely. <laughs> so the heart, the heart of it really is to stay close to Jesus, to be filled with his spirit, to discern, to listen, not just as individuals, but as Christian communities, as church, mm -hmm. so that we don't miss what he's doing. So we go, do go into a new future, which he will give us glimpses of through the prophets and the visionaries and through his word, but we won't see the entirety of it and we won't see the manifestation of the entirety of it until we follow him in it and actually make the moves he's asking us to make. So it's a question mm -hmm. of reshaping our priorities, I think, away from organization and structure and strategic and business practice, which has its place, but should always be secondary to the voice of the living God. It's Amen. about taking our, our security away from trusting in mechanisms and organization and, mm -hmm. and rules and stuff and putting our trust back in the living God, which is more scary, but is more productive and more life-giving and will take yeah. us into the future that he sees for us not the one we would like to try and create if we had the chance to do it ourselves <laughs> do you know what if you finish this episode now i think that'd be like job done <laughs> like, genuinely yeah. um, that that is the main point for this episode we could finish now but i don't want to because i want to hear the gold from you three more and more um actor yeah I... carry this a lot brother as well yeah, bless you. I um, I even just as you're speaking, Pete, I I feel it's worth marking that this is not an intellectual exercise. Yeah, it's absolutely. not a fad. Um, mm. this is something that I believe is born out of the heart of God for this season. And I think there's been real grief in God's heart over where we have stumbled, where we have actually trusted in man or in different idols. And loads has been said about the era we're coming out of. And God's been gracious through it. Myself, my family, my friends were all saved in the last sort of 20, 30 years. Um, and so there's been such grace in the last era. But actually what, what we're talking about here is, is not an intellectual exercise. This is something being birthed by the Spirit of God. It's yeah. a recovery of the extraordinary grace that was poured out at Pentecost and, and of all that Jesus won and had in his heart when he died on the cross, when he became sin, like there is, there's a vision God has for a family um, that began with Israel, actually, like a, a nation amongst all of the nations of the earth that was meant to demonstrate what it is like to be a community led by the living God. And, and that is what God is recovering for us now. And I think you guys know, like for me, I had years of literal weeping over this. I was born again into church, watched my brothers, my family, mum, dads, 
friends like often in the baptism pool and just rejoicing to see the homeless housed and all all manner of things happened through church life and then the lord began began to break my heart because i recognized how little expectation there was of god leading and speaking and shaping things and you begin to realize this is not just a forensic exercise it's not a choice mm. thing mm. actually if if you if it's not really built by jesus and led by jesus daily then it becomes damaging and harmful and and actually we're meant to be like rivers of life we're meant to be a well of life we're meant to be a haven and a refuge for the lost and for the broken and, and i believe all of that is on the horizon and actually e even more i think uh, from for all the practical things you're sharing Pete, I think we're beginning to see it, the reforming of multiple communities and silos into a community. And, and this almost this theological baseline, Jesus died to to gather a people to himself across the nations. We are, we are one family That's with one. one God, one mission, one spirit. Uh, and, and to begin with in that place, even even in the word of God, and then to tether that to the days we're living in to, to say, Lord, what are you doing? I had in mind, um, and I'll shut up now, but 1 Peter 2, it's the difference between us trying to build the church as a thing. Jesus never talked about even the Roman Empire as a thing. He always spoke about people. He doesn't speak about nations as a thing. He speaks about nations as people groups. Yes. And so we've been trying to build something and using people expendably to build things. Well, no, 1 Peter 2 says, as we come to him, the living stone chosen by God and precious to him, but rejected by man. So we also, like living stones, are being built together to yeah. be a temple for his Holy Spirit. And yeah. that exactly, as you said, SJ, it's a work of the spirit. He is building. He is reforming. We submit and we work with him and we are going to see the most glorious community revealed in our generation. Yeah. Really I think well. from my perspective, the next thing to say is, is exactly that, actor. It's about relationships. A friend of mine says that the kingdom of God comes one relationship at a time. And I think that relationship and commitment to each other in love is going to be far more important, is far more important for the cohesion of the church and for the church to be a channel of God's grace to the world than any other kind of structure. It's about our commitment to each other in openness, honesty, integrity, faith, Amen. love, compassion. That's actually what holds holds the church together because we participate in the love of God together. That's actually what's needed at this time. Amen. Yeah, there's a real invitation, isn't there? There's a real invitation into that to come out of our places where we've held on to our individual preferences and opinions and uh, into a place of of submission, mutual submission, uh, one to another, of mutual preference, one to another, and mutual honor, one to another, where, where we see each other as the beautiful living stones that we are, and actually give room for that diversity. And, you know, you talk about rewilding, Pete, I love that. You know, my husband's a keen gardener, he likes to tame things, um, <laughs> but we also love the countryside and, and the, the beauty of nature. And one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me about in, in the context of how we we work as the, almost like the ecosystem yeah. as the body of Christ, where Jesus is the head and the only head, but we are the body functioning well, is like a forest. And of course, in a forest, when God does it, there's lots of different kinds of trees, there's diversity, lots of different living stones, if you will, being fitted together. And they work collaboratively 
mm. across their root systems and they function well as an ecosystem on their yeah. own. But if you plant a field full of or a, or a man-made forest of the same trees, mm -hmm. they all start to die. They can't sustain yeah. each other because yeah. there's no diversity. And so there's been this almost incestuous nature in the church where we've gathered like and, yes. and said, that's my preference is to gather like and we've we've partnered more with the political spirit than we would like to think yeah. where we have said you know we're us and you're them and this is how we do it and this is how you do it and 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 we've become the political religious structure that we are running away from yes and we'd like to get others away from yeah. but inadvertently as the church we've we've held these structures up by our in our in our ignorance and by our ignorance and yeah. that includes me and um, you know you could speak for yourselves but it definitely includes me yeah, because we've been born in a system and <clears throat> born in a structure but the lord is saying if you will come out and follow me and come by my spirit i'll show you how to be one yeah. in an ecosystem in a body mm. that actually understands its function but works together in a mutual way where the Literally. hand can be the hand and the foot can be the foot, but there is movement together. When we look at Jesus and like the murmuration of starlings that create amazing shapes. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We, we will do that as the body of Christ, but we will only do that when we submit to the headship of Jesus and we come into a body that is mutually submitted to one another. That's a work of the spirit. Pete, isn't it? That's the work of the spirit, Sarah and actor. We yeah. can't make that happen. You know, yes. we can't say we're we can say we want to be one, but we can only do it in submission to the movement of the spirit hmm. by being in Christ. We are one. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And and we're seeing this. I really hope those of you watching are experiencing it too, because I do think one of the things God's doing at the moment is placing the lonely in the family. So Jesus, if there's anyone who's feeling on their own in all of this and is not um, feeling as one with others, then Jesus, help them find their tribe, help them find yes. their family, help them find their place yes. in the body. And I was seeing Ezekiel 37, where actually, you know, all these, these um, it's a prophesy to the bones and the bones started coming together and the sinews and everything started coming together. And then actually um, it needed Holy Spirit breath. And then they formed together like this vast army. So I pray, Jesus, even now that you will, that you will, as we keep saying in these episodes, that you'll wake us up. That's what the alarm and trumpets are about, that you'd wake wake us up, that your body will start to form as you want it to, more and more, this beautiful bride coming together, <coughs> cleansed through repentance. We've, we've had an episode on that, but that's where we're starting again today, that we cleanse through repentance and uh, the blood of the lamb, <laughs> as we talked about last time as well. And that would be ready as each of us come together, our part in that body. Mm. And the body doesn't have all these different labels and making it really obvious about names. And that's one of the things that's been ditched, I think, at the moment. Mm. It's calling us into something where people just look and go, look, we know him by the way they love one another. Mm. And right. so it's this body coming together and Holy Spirit has to breathe. It has to be him. It has to be Holy Spirit breathing in that body as this vast it's body, but this vast army comes together as well which we've been mm. talking about it sort of seems to fit everything together that we've been talking about over the last few episodes as well 
Dad, do you want do you want to speak to more of what you're seeing that we need to choose as the body of Christ in this in this new era? Because I know you've got some great wisdom around that. Well, yeah, there's a few things really which hopefully are helpful. I think the next thing to say for me is particularly around the scriptures and about understanding that we have to be committed to the plain truth that the scriptures teach. I don't know how more simply to put it, but I think that's how we have to be. And we have to kind of knock on the head the blurring of the margins as society sees it between creator and created, where truth is what you want it to be, that you pick and mix what you believe. We've got to restate that from the Bible, there are absolutes. There is right and wrong. There is white and black, not racially. There is light and dark. There is the the process of... um, God revealing his truth to us in and through Jesus, which we need to accept. And I think that brings with it a, a, a challenge, I think, to the culture around us, who very much is peddling the idea that actually truth is what's right for you, what feels good, what what may be, you know, what suits you best at the time, rather than being absolutes. And if there are absolutes, and if there is someone in God who is absolutely right and absolutely wonderful, then there is also the possibility of going against what he wants and it having consequences. So we also have the need of a savior. We we don't want to go down the route of universalism. We need to be in a place where we clearly and simply state that actually each of us needs to be rescued. Each of us needs to be put right with God and that Jesus has provided the way for that to happen. And I think that just it's just simple stuff, but I think we need to kind of restate those truths at this at this time. Yeah, I think I think along with that, we've got to be uh, very humble. We need to you know, humility needs to be one of our hallmarks. Authenticity yeah. needs to be one of our hallmarks. People of integrity, people who do and say the same thing. I think those simple things are what we need to be like at the moment to really build community in a way that people do want to be rescued by or become part yeah. of you yeah. know uh, i was thinking the, ne- the next thing to say probably is is the nature of the christian communities that arise uh one of the glimpses i think god's giving us at the moment and it doesn't mean that everybody has to be this way is that we're moving a little bit away from church as congregation and moving towards church as monastic uh one of the things that brings with it is church no longer becomes a question of attendance or of meetings, but becomes mm. a question of doing life with each other. And mm. again, also, of course, there will be times of worship and there will be times when you gather to pray and there will be times of doing things together, but it's about a lifestyle. It's not about mm. things that you do in time that's convenient to you. It's about living life on mission with Jesus and each other. And that's a really big change. But I think that's something which we see God moving into. And the the small boats thing that SJ was saying, I think is really key at the moment. Doesn't mean you can't be part of larger gatherings. Doesn't mean you can't also have allegiances to other small boats and to bigger networks. That's fine. But it's much more fluid and mobile than I think it used to be. Mm. I think getting away from big silos and moving towards what you call overlapping kingdom circles. And I think those things are really important. It doesn't mean that you haven't got accountability. It doesn't mean you haven't got your primarily primary relationships. It does mean, however, that you're available to move, to to go where the spirit tells you, to be mm. some you know to be connected into greater range of parts of the body of Christ, to not stick to your tribe only and your politics only, as Sarah mm. just said, 
but to be part of the body of Christ as a whole and the kingdom of God here on earth, which is much more mobile than we've conceived, I think. So they're the mm. next thing I'd say. Give these two a chance to comment, but yeah. No, it's beautiful. Yeah, really yeah. beautiful. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, so good. So much to unpack in that, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. sorry. No, 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 really, really good. We're, we're totally with you. Accident. Yeah. yeah, I've just, I've got a reminder, um, Pete, from probably from 2020. So, so 2018, I think I've mentioned in one of the other um, talks, the Lord said to me very, very clearly, the days of my people trying to pull or persuade me into my church are over. My spirit will overtake all your plans, which is what I believe we're seeing in these days. And I saw a dismantling of church structure. 2018 which prepared me for what then happened 2020 but the Lord spoke to me so clearly from Matthew um, 11 in 2020 about the, the threshold moment that we were in and sometimes the church world feels small and sometimes it feels vast I'd never heard of the threshold network that you guys belong to in those days I hadn't met you before I don't think I'd met any of you back then it's amazing isn't it what the Lord's doing but in Matthew 11 you see a shift that happened seismic shift from a congregational model, which was Old Covenant, where John the Baptist is out in an unfamiliar place and people left their places of comfort to come and hear a man speak the word of God. And then they had to make a decision. Are they in or are they out? They baptism of repentance and all of that kind of stuff. And then Jesus comes and he introduces something completely different. And if you read Matthew 11, there's these three hallmarks of what I think we're returning to in this era. So it says right at the beginning, when Jesus had finished teaching his disciples in verse one, it says he went into the surrounding towns and began to teach there. So instead of people coming out to John, as they might have, you know, the, the John the Baptist model is what I've known all my life for church. We've, mm -hmm. We call people like me. I, I was so uncomfortable in church the first few times I went. I used to chew holes in my sleeve. There was all manner of stuff going on, but we would call people out to an unfamiliar place to hear a man or woman of God speaking the word of God. And at the end of the service, will you make a decision? That's what's happening in, in John's days. But then in Matthew 11, Jesus begins to have something where, no, no, the, my people will go to yeah. the towns and cities. You've just talked about a flow and a movement of God that comes with the church. And then John is actually in prison. And he sends his disciples and says, are you really the one? And Jesus says, go back to tell John all that you've seen and heard and he says the deaf hear and the lame walk and the dead are raised and <laughs> good news is preached to the poor there's there, is, there are visible signs of the kingdom when jesus is around and those have not left his church except where we've tried to return to that congregational kind of and, and again we're not speaking about not gathering we need to gather yeah. and worship god and seek his Absolutely. face together in all manner of ways but here's the third one as well matthew 11 11 one of my favorite verses mm -hmm. jesus highlights john as the best wine of the old covenant he says of, of those born of women none has risen greater than john the baptist but i tell you the truth the least in the kingdom is greater than he and these three things i've just felt as you were speaking pete this is what the lord died for it was such a different shift there was no word of god for 400 years then john appears in the desert it feels like that is the move of god but yeah. jesus comes and no yeah. the move of god is the mobilizing of a family of families across the earth who go to the places where the people are they they demonstrate the kingdom you can see it and you can hear it now in a way and the least of them is carrying more is packing more power because christ's spirit is in them the very least of them just one alone can yeah. turn an army or can defeat yeah. demons and and god wants to mobilize rewild his church as you said and then release us back into the world that's what jesus died for that's what i believe we're going to see again in our generation broadly uh, across the denominations across different locations different shapes and sizes but the flow of people 
out into the world carrying Jesus, carrying signs and wonders and honoring and believing in one another for those great works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right, we can finish there as well. It's just so true. We all, yeah, I hope you too. Those of you who are watching are feeling that sense of, of real hope in this episode as well, that actually if we if we try to live like that and we all have stories of how we're trying to and how sometimes we mess up and how we're still very much learning but I promise you, and I use this word so much, but I, I promise you it's an adventure with Jesus when we try and live that way. And um, that really the best is yet to come. We've talked in other episodes about really, really hard times. And we keep talking, don't we, about the best and the worst times at the same time. Jesus. But for the church, who is this glorious bride that I, I'm just getting to grips in my own little way around around what it really means um for for the bride to be the bride but mm. really he's making us beautiful and when when parts of the body aren't functioning together it's not very attractive <laughs> he's making this beautiful bride come together and and preparing us in this time and just to say sj and i'll come to you that actually sj prophesied over me a while ago when we first met that she saw me, I don't know if you remember this, saw me up a tree with some binoculars and I was seeing, seeing far. <laughs> and um, that's a funny, funny word to get. But um, through these binoculars, it actually turned into what was more like a kaleidoscope. Now, obviously I'm talking prophetic language, but what I mean is that, that Jesus showed me in the spirit, I could see a picture in my mind's eye um, of these beautiful shapes all together overlapping like lots and lots of Venn diagrams and I tried to draw it I'm not very good actually actor did a better picture of it um, but um, it's it's what I, that's where I, I found the phrase um, these overlapping kingdom circles because what one of the things God's moving us from and I'm a strategist and actually all of us on here mm. we love strategy we love what you know God shows us the different ways that things flow and I really feel like not that we completely throw this all away, but as he leads us, rather than these boxes and these flow diagrams and this boxing people in, um, it is very much this flow of these circles. So these overlapping, beautiful kingdom circles. We together in this group represent people. We, we've got so, if you like, some people might call it hats, but um, we've we've got so many different things that we're involved in together, different families, movements, networks, <laughs> um, all together. And but what God's doing is he's just taking these walls down. He's blurring the edges and people will just know us, I believe, as, as lovers of the king and lovers of each other. Mm. And, and that's very much the kingdom way that he's moving the church, which is really which makes this beautiful bride. So I hope that makes some sort of sense. But that's what he just reminded me of that as you were all talking again. Beautiful. Sarah Jane. It's good. Yeah, I totally concur with that. That the, the Lord is saying, rub out the lines. You know, some of us have inadvertently drawn lines around ourselves and one another and said, you know, those are your lines and you stay there. Or, you know, some sometimes we've self-restricted because we've thought this is who I am and this is what I do. But I feel like the Lord is saying, let's rub out the lines and yes. imagine the Lord just taking a, a rubber, an eraser around our um, lives and saying I'm rubbing these out and rubbing the lines out between denominations and between church uh, ministries yeah. and and he's calling us into a place out of individualism into collaboration yes, into yes. the body 
um, if you will, sinews and muscles connecting Amen. where we've been a hand over here or a foot over there or a mouth or an eye over here. But he's calling He's saying, come on, body, work together, come mm. together. And like you, I've been seeing it like the interconnecting circles, the Ezekiel one wheels within wheels. That God, as God moves, we move, and He makes His sound as we move with Him. Uh, and Ezekiel one is worth a read; one of my favorite passages as yeah. it happens. Yeah. But I think, what does that actually mean practically? Because we are yeah. practical people. Yeah. We feel like it means um, who are the living stones that we're called to gather, and where do we gather them? Well, we gather them around our table. Jesus mm. did community at table. He ate a lot. Permission to eat a lot around a table. Permission to grow relationships <laughs> and an invitation to grow relationships and, and come together and, and talk one to another about the Lord. Come to the Lord's table. Take communion. And in that place of covenant with him and one another, seek the Lord. Open up the book. Open up the Bible mm. and pray and, and seek seek him as you come together around the table because it feels like there is a journey for us all again as where we're going it's like come to the table yeah. the tables become like the hubs of the wheels yes, that we it. then go out from to be missional in our neighborhoods our communities our businesses our workplaces because it's very much that movement out it's not yeah. just stay in and get everybody to come in and do nothing it's in to go out but then there's this connecting point where, you know, if I have a table, it's not Sarah Jane's table and I call it something and I give everybody a job title. It's a relational connection. So yeah. we come in, we go out. I come to Sarah's table. I've come to Pete's table yeah. and it's great. And you have a great table of food. Come mm. to Pete's house. <laughs> you know, there is that sense of actually relational connections happen over conversation. But we're in a movement towards something. We're in yeah. a movement to the upper room where we come with one heart, one mind by the spirit of God to cry out for the spirit to move. We then go from there into the marketplace, just as the early church did. There isn't this static, uh, yeah, static structure that we then feel like we need to own, name, claim but actually we move relationally and we, we let God move us as we move. Let me tell you, that's uncomfortable for a lot of us mm. because we want to default into who's in charge and, <laughs> you know, uh, what are we doing? And as you said already, it's a by, by faith movement. It's a walk by sight, not sorry, walk by faith, not by sight time, which for somebody who's, is used to seeing in the spirit quite far in advance of things it's a very uncomfortable place that we find ourselves in mm -hmm. but it's that taking one step at a time using the word that is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path the word of god that helps us get to where we need to get to together and i'm so glad that we get to do it together as a body yeah. fun right it's all invited into that it's yeah. collaboration cross-pollination time and we only get to do that by coming together and keeping moving. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think the missional thing, we mustn't forget. I don't think we have forgotten it. But um, I think it's important to say for the glimpses we have of the church of the future, mission is not about doing things to people. 
it's about being among people authentically yeah. and honestly it's, it's, it's not about starting with the church and developing a program it's about a lifestyle of living the authentic christian life amongst those who god has called you to and learning from them you know and letting them step the agendas and the pacing and everything else i mean i don't mean there isn't a time to proclaim the gospel i don't mean there isn't a time for organized ways of going about helping people understand the truth i don't mean that what i do mean though is it's not something we sort of impose on people it's not something we kind of hit people around the head with or do to them it's about us being among those who we're called to love and and, and live with and i think part of that is recognizing that we these smaller communities which I believe God's bringing into being, are not yes. usually led by one individual. They're kind of led together. Yeah. There's an authenticity about communal leadership, about people having different strengths and different gifts that they bring to the party. I think the New Testament is quite clear. There's no, you know, leadership in the New Testament is multiple. That's not that leaders don't go out and do things on their own from time to time, but actually as a local body of Christ, whatever its shape, and in those days it was mostly domestic in shape, that they were multiple leaders. And I think mm. thing that is a shift, that, another shift that God's making to get away from what has what has tempted the church, I think, into celebrity culture, oh, into yeah. the man of power for the hour, or, and it usually is the man, not the woman. I think there are lots of things which need to change. And having a multiplicity of leaders, I think, is one of the safeguards against mm. that kind of culture, which can be so destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say at this point, before I go to you, actor, that... Um, I think I think I will just say that that all of us on the screen are in different teams with each other, really, and really informal. Some of them don't even have a name, and with others as well. But I'm just about to say, yeah. So, so we're, we're no, no, absolutely, we're we're we are. Um, I was going to say experimenting with it, but it does feel like we're in a time where God is just, you know, he, he leads us one way and then might change the shape as, as things flow by the Holy Spirit. And um, mm. we are all enjoying us as for on the screen. Um, God's given us different assignments and different things to do together mm. in different teams of us all together in different ways, which is really beautiful. So we are we are um, living what we're speaking about. And that's why we, we've got this authentic joy that you might see on the screen, because yeah. we know um, that there's different things that he's asked us to do in different ways, which we won't go into now, but that we're all enjoying being in these um, teams that are, we're all leading them together. Sometimes we do say, okay, just for, for um, you know, it's just helpful practically for some person to to organise something or, or or help lead something. But we are all enjoying leading together. Mm. And it's a really beautiful way. It's actually a really safe way because we're really accountable in a beautiful relational way where we're really Absolutely. honest and vulnerable yeah. with each other. And we really know each other and love each other well. And all three of you have spoken into my life and brought gentle challenge as well as a whole load of love. And I'm really grateful for that. So that just, um, I think, because we need to get really practical in these conversations, we see it working. So thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Actor, over to you. Yeah, that's what I've got. I feel, I feel um, some practical stuff, which um, just, uh, you know, it says, it says over and over in Revelation, whoever has ears, and if you're listening to us, you probably have ears, let them hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Yeah. And and in these days, like never before, the ability to hear his voice and then to obey is absolutely essential. And and so I'm feeling like as I'm listening, I'm feeling like God is recovering again something about the very nature of leadership. And so if you're a leader listening, 
there's something about what Pete is sharing about leadership that that you need to ask the Lord, what do you require of me in these days? You know, the world's view of leadership, the very best view the world has of leadership is that all men and women are equal and some rise to influence over the others for for better or for worse. But in the Bible, if you're a leader, well, the least and last of your flock is seated with Christ in heavenly places. How do you rise above them? You've got an immediate problem. You cannot understand leadership the way the world does. No, leadership is Philippians 2. Jesus being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He humbled himself. He took on the likeness of a servant. How do you do that? How do you do that in marriage? How do you do that in friendship? Philippians 2 literally says, consider others better than yourselves. Now, these sound philosophical to our Western minds. They are inherently practical when you're speaking to someone how do you prefer them how do you prefer people with your time with your money with your hospitality there's something i remember being with a group of leaders and again this is going to sound philosophical make it practical in these days we were talking about intimacy with the lord being essential we've all would say that we're probably going to say it on every single trumpet thing we do get in front of jesus get to know him better do what he says suddenly the lord spoke to me about intimacy with one another And I felt him saying that we need to practice honor without obligation Mm -hmm. and favor without favoritism. Well, that becomes inherently practical because I honor you because Christ is in you. And because you're a human being, even if Christ isn't in you, how do I honor you by truly paying attention to you, truly listening, truly praying? Obligation is like, I honor you, Pete, so long as you're bringing power to my organization, bringing your gift and your time to my organization, to my vision, that's obligation. And that kills intimacy and it's killed intimacy for generations. No, this is a time for me to honor and for you to honor the person you're with right now. Favor without favoritism is I'm going to love you because I have everything I need in Christ. And so I'm going to show you the favor that God shows me. You don't need to do anything. I'm going to favoritism has been a plague in church. And and I'd say is still there and God is working it out of us. Favoritism is you're my favorite person on the team because you help me achieve my vision or you make me feel those. These are very, very practical things at a a micro level as we walk this out with Jesus every day, nearly every day, but definitely every week, several times. I pray, Father, in my life, I want your will to be done your way on your terms and in your timing. And I'm that specific because my flesh is it, it wants to say, God, do this and do this through me and do it today and do it like this. And it, like, I just have to keep bringing it. It's very practical. Seek his face. Ask him to speak to you. And what, what we're seeing, this is the last thing I share on this, but um, we talk about the body of Christ. When you talked about the lines, SJ, I saw probably a year or so ago, like a, a human body with plastic surgery lines Mm. drawn all over it that's what we've done to the body of christ but then as we start to come together and we're learning to like navigate by the stars it's like we we find people who see christ like us they are the stars in the dark and crooked generation as god knits our hearts together we start to find our way together into the architecture of heaven like god gave architecture for the ark he didn't just say to Noah, build a boat he said build it to these specifications to moses build the temple exactly like this to david build the temple exactly like this all of this i have in writing david says 1 chronicles 28 all of this i have in writing because the hand of the lord was upon me he gave me to understand all the details of the plan he has a plan for your life he wants to speak to you. In Psalm 139, he's got scrolls written about your life. Yeah. So ask him, how do I walk? What do I do? Who am I to align with? 
and this beautiful architecture comes and I've literally seen as we've come together this is very personal now I didn't know any of you a few years ago but we see it happening all over the body of Christ it is literally like creative yeah it's beautiful body starts to grow it's incredible and and it happens by okay you're in that stream and you're in that stream well those streams are now joined because you or you've got a strong friendship with that person well just on on that if you love one another truly submit to one another honor one another there's enough in that love between two individuals representing two organizations where creative tissue will grow and and others will get caught into that love they're seeing it it's happening it's actually beautiful yeah it really is thank you does anyone else want to bring anything before we bring it to a close one one more thing from me and that is that i do think it's important that we take note of ephesians 4 and that we have um, a mind to making sure that we honor the apostolic the prophetic the evangelistic the teaching and the pastoral all of them because i think the church of the future will be built best by all five of those working together yeah absolutely yeah i could talk a lot more about that but that's that's the simple bit (laughs) yeah another episode i've got that written as well absolutely ephesians 4 and in a minute i think i'll ask you sj to to pray if that's all right and um specifically and anyway you feel led but i was also just really on my heart about again as we've said in most of these episodes calling people to where what their position is and very practically what they can do as a result of these trumpets and alarms Mm Anything else you want to share first? I think just that, Pete, what you were saying, what we've experienced even in the last few months when the 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 APES, the fivefold giftings have come together, very distinctive, very unique, very diverse, amazing, strong, beautiful. And when we all get in the same place, in that heart of submission, serving one another, honouring one another, like you're saying, actor there, the color and the the strength of each yeah. of the fivefold goes up more, yeah. more yeah. sound, more light, more color, more diversity than if we were all the same in a room. Yeah, you know, if we, we had all the prophets together, that would be one field of one type of tree. If we had yeah. all the apostles in one room, you know, as that sense of mix it up, we become yeah. the fullness of the creation of the bride of Christ uh, that the Lord wants to achieve. And actually by agreement and loving one another in the real way and and not feeling like I need to run something or have an agenda of whatever it might be. But so all of us submitting to the agenda of the Lord, there's such a shift. There's such a beauty in that. And and it is a, wow, we can't see half of what God is doing because we've never experienced it before. We don't have language for it. And I think when we all come together in that way, it is like an experiment because God is saying, let me see now what I can do with these hearts that are as one in me. Watch now what I'm about to do. And what I would say is the picture that I keep having is, is some people clinging onto the wreckage, if you will, of the Titanic. Um, or moving the deck chairs around, you know, in the hope that things will change. Things will not change in the current form because the Lord wants us all dead in him so that we can be reborn into the new. And I would encourage you, whatever place you're in, whether you are feeling like, who am I? You're You're a person who's part of the body of Christ. And the Lord is inviting us, whether we're leading something, whether we're not leading anything, to come into his baptism 
mm. and to let go of structures that have that have contained us but also in a helpful way like yeah. the ark had a purpose for a time yeah. it got Noah and his family to where they needed to get to but then they didn't need to use it again yes very good and actually what we've had has got us to where we are now and we're grateful for it yeah. we're thankful for it but the lord is saying now change your shape and so lord we pray right now yeah. that you would help us move together move with you by your spirit holy spirit we ask that you convict us speak to us lead us blow on us come and blow us into shapes that we could never have imagined blow us together as living stones allow us to find one another lord we pray for your bride in the nations from the british isles together and we agree that there is a new form that you are in a jeremiah 18 position with your hand heavy yes. on us changing mm. our shape because you have marred the last pot and lord you are saying it's time for something new and so lord we say we yield yeah, we do. Mm. We yield. I yield yes, to your yes. hand, Lord, and I yield yes, to you, Holy Spirit. Mm. God, make us sensitive, super sensitive to your blowing, your breath, your leading. Open our eyes, Lord, that we can see your face. Open our ears that we can hear your voice and our yes, hearts Lord. and our, um, enlighten our hearts that we can see and know and follow your wisdom and your ways in this hour. Help us, Jesus, your bride. We need you. We have need of you. Help us, Lord, to follow you more closely than ever in this time. Amen. 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 Thank you, everybody. And this is also the, the bride, the church is the right shape and prepared in the right beautiful mm. way for this hour, which is both really sobering and really joyful and hopeful. And that's a thread through all these episodes. And mm. we have to be prepared as this bride, um, as we've mm. been talking about, ready for what's to come. So Jesus, help us, please. Yeah. Your come, your will be done. Amen. Thank you all again. It's been a joy to hang out. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. And yeah, thank you all for watching. And like we say, then if you want to um, to be in touch, then go to allthroughthishour.com and there's a contact button on there and you can leave us a message, which will be an email through to us. And you'll also see times that you can pray with some of us around um, that as well. Um, so that's just something very practically to end with. But love to you all and thank you so much again. All right. God bless. bless you. Bye. Bye.